Thanks for listening to the Calvary Baptist Church Podcast. For more information, check us out at cbctaylorville.com. Join us now as our guest speaker delivers this week's message. So the nice thing about Pastor going on vacation is I do get an opportunity to to talk to you guys. And with that is, I'm I'm not going to make any promises, but you're probably going to get out a little bit earlier than than normal. Um, I'm used to preaching to teenagers, and their attention span is about the same as yours. So that's that's what we're going to be doing. So... um, no, it's, it's, it's nice. I'm nervous, definitely. But uh, Pastor definitely, the way he uh, has shepherded me and, and mentored me has been absolutely amazing. And I just want to thank him for that publicly because, um, for one, he gave me more than like a week <laughs> to prepare. So that was, that was fantastic. But um, just through my preparation and through my um, devotion and reading and stuff like that, just trying to figure out and, and where God wants us. And we're God, what, what God's wanting me to share. Um, and the word that came to mind um, is something that a lot of people don't really think about. And it's, it's kind of crazy because it's actually only mentioned once in the Bible. And that's what we're going to look at. That's what intrigued me so much. Um, but the start of it is, like, I like things a little bit odd. I'm, I'm definitely different. I think my wife would definitely agree. And I think some of you guys out here that know me would agree that I am different. I, uh, I'm a little odd. For one... I absolutely love uh, room temperature water. Um, I know some of us do, some of us don't. It, too cold, it hurts my mouth and hurts my teeth. Too hot, and it does the same thing. Um, but some of, us, some of us love ice cold water. Nice, frozen cold water. Super refreshing on a uh, hot day. Um, I don't know too many people that sit on their back porch when it's hot out and say, man, I'd love a nice glass of lukewarm water. Man, that'd be fantastic. No, they want like cold water or cold tea or whatever it may be. It's just refreshing. It, it, it livens things up. Or even some of us, some of us will sit around in the morning and we love nice, warm, yes, I know that's not water, it's coffee, but let's be honest, that's the best thing you can make with water. Um, but the thing is, it's hot. So it's refreshing in its own way. Not too many of us like to take, other than my daughter, but not too many of us like to take lukewarm showers. You don't get in the shower and you're like, man, I hope this thing isn't warm. I just hope it's okay. No, we get in a shower and we're like, I want this shower to be warm. I want this shower to be refreshing, rejuvenating. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about this word lukewarm um, and what that means and kind of why uh, why God use this terminology of lukewarm? Because there's definitely a lot of things that are no good lukewarm. For me personally, I don't like lukewarm pizza. I don't know too many people that do. Hot pizza, I've heard people eat cold pizza. I don't do cold pizza, but hot pizza's okay. Um, lukewarm cheese, no, not, not too good. It gets that like sweat look to it. Not real good. Um, <laughs> lukewarm yogurt. I was eating yogurt last night. I'm like, man, this would be disgusting, lukewarm. Like, it's got to be cold. Um, It just would not be refreshing. So there's all sorts of things that are just no good lukewarm. And I think God makes it very clear over these next couple verses that we're going to explore is the the worst thing to have and the worst thing to be is to have a lukewarm life. And so that's where we're going to read. We're going to be in um, Revelations 3, and we're going to be traveling through 14 through 20 today. 
Um, but we're going to start out in Revelations uh, 3, 14 through 16. And it says, To the angel of the church of Laodicea, write, These words of the Amen, the faithful, the true, the witness, um, tr true witness, the ruler, these are the words um, of God's creation. I know your deeds, because we cannot hide anything from God. It says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. I mean, that's pretty intense to be spit out of your mouth. It's disgusting. Like I said, lukewarm uh, yogurt, lukewarm cheese, I'd probably spit that out of my mouth. Now, my lukewarm water, I like lukewarm water. So I, I definitely enjoy it. It doesn't hurt my mouth. But God does not want us to have a lukewarm life. And so that's what we're going to be um, talking about. But see, reading through this and studying this, I, I got to think, I'm like, well, my first response is I'm okay. I'm good. Like, I don't, I don't live a lukewarm life. You know, I study my Bible, I, I read, and I do all this. But the more I got to studying it, I had to be honest with myself. Sometimes, and it's maybe not all the time, but sometimes myself, I do slip into that lukewarm life. That little bit of complacency. And when I do that, I am not a refreshing to God. I'm just lukewarm. And so I have to believe that because I, I know myself, I know I slip into that lukewarm life every now and then. I'm, I know that other people struggle with that as well. But the first thing I think we need to do in order to really understand why God uses the term lukewarm, the word's only used once in the Bible. Why would he use this at this time? Um, in this letter to the Laodiceans, he wrote it, and it's, it's very specific to this place. And I think it, exploring that and, it, and just kind of, so I started studying the Laodicean people a little bit. And once I did, I was like, man, this makes absolute sense. So if we start to look at that, and we start to understand the Laodicean people, I want to show you this map. So Laodicea is right, um, right underneath Hierapolis and Colossae. They're about 10 to 15 miles apart. And that's, they're, they're, the way that they were, they were centrally located. They were a massive area to go to. But the Laodicean people were unique. They were a very... Um, History tells us they were very well off. They had money. Um, they were powerful. They liked to do things on their own. They liked to be self-sufficient. I think sometimes we do that too. We like to be self-sufficient. We like to finish things on our own. We don't like to ask for help. We don't like to admit that we don't have this, that we don't got it. Um, but the latest seeing people were that way. They did not like to do that. They were a hub of commerce. They had money. They had trade. Every, a lot, like, that whole area right there came in to that Laodicean region. Um, at one point in their history, they were almost decimated by an earthquake. And as proud as these Laodicean people were, the emperor was going to send money and send troops to help them rebuild their city, and they refused. They said, no, we got this. We can do this on our own. So that was, that was kind of the mentality that these Laodicean people had. Um, they also had industry. They had a massive textile industry. They were one of the top producers of clothing and stuff like that, and that's part of why they had so much money. They sent all this, these goods out, and they traded. Um, another thing that they had was they were one of the only places in the area that had, or anywhere close, that had a medical facility specifically designed for treating eyes. I didn't know that. That was something I learned. 
Now, I don't know what that entailed back then in that day. It looks a lot different today, I'm going to guess. Um, I'm, I'm guessing they didn't blow, like, air in your eye back then. Um, but they had this medical facility, and people would come from all over. And at this medical facility, they actually created a salve to put on your eyes to help heal it with whatever it was doing. I personally, I think this salve was probably just a bunch of moms sitting around with, like, essential oils just kind of splashing it on people because that seems to be the thing. It works. So I'm pretty sure that's probably what it was. But they had this attitude of, we don't need help. Um, they were very comfortable where they were at. They didn't want to ask for help. They were comfortable and complacent in their standing. They're like, we got this. We rule. We have money. We can buy what we need. We have medical. We have industry. We don't need help from anybody else. We don't need help from the outside. And so that culture um, of the Laodicean people infiltrated the church. And that's what this um, Revelations um, section of verses is about, is the, the letter that um, Jesus wrote to the church. And so that's what, um, that's what we're talking about. But the, the other thing that really made this city big is at the time they were the main hub of the Roman aqueduct system. Now this aqueduct system would run from, uh, from Hyopolis all the way down to um, Laodicea and then from Colossae over, and it was just hub where it would come in. Now that's where the lukewarm comes in and becomes like they understood lukewarm. Because up at, um, if we go back to that map real quick. So up at Hierapolis, they had hot water. They had hot, hot springs there. So those people understood hot water. They knew what it was like. Now, Colossae, they, they had cold water. They had cold water springs. So because of this aqueduct system, Laodicea didn't have any major natural um, sources of water to come in. They didn't have springs. They didn't have stuff like that. So with this aqueduct system that they had at the time, it was huge for them. But it was also like that little bit of a thorn in their side because for a society that didn't want help, didn't ask for help, the one thing that they couldn't do on their own was get their water. So that's where the aqueduct system comes in. You can go back to that one. This is actually a picture from Laodicea, the ruins that are still standing today. Most of them are buried. They haven't been, there's not been a huge excavation there yet, but that is a picture of the aqueduct system at the time. They were made out of terracotta pipes. So if you can imagine, if you put hot water in a pipe like that up at Hierapolis, send it to Laodicea, it's going to be lukewarm by the time it gets there. It's not going to be hot anymore. Now, the same respect, if you put um, cold water in that same pipe from Colossae and send it down to Laodicea, it's going to be lukewarm. It's going to warm up on the trip. So these people understood lukewarm. But what's worse than that is by the time it got there, I mean, you can kind of see the condition of that pipe. Their water, I don't know if you can kind of see that, but their water was known for having sediment. They had mass sediment deposits all around because it would collect through that um, terracotta pipe. So not only was their water lukewarm, but it was disgusting. They had sediment built up in it. If you were not from that region and you came there, you would spit that water out of your mouth. It is not refreshing in any way. It's just not good water for drinking. And that's why God says, I would sp if you're, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Both of those are refreshing. But being lukewarm, 
You know what that's like. I'd spit you out of my mouth. And the thing is, with lukewarm water, it takes work to change, right? If you want lukewarm water to be hot, what do you got to do? Well, back then you had to build a fire and boil the water. And they probably had to filter that water to get the sediment out to drink it so it was halfway decent to drink. So it took work, and it takes work to go from lukewarm to either hot or cold. Now, the cold water for them back then was a lot harder. They didn't have ice. Now, I, I went home, and I got ice in my ice chest today by dumping it out of a bag. They didn't have ice chests back then. They were kind of out of luck when it came to cold water. They had lukewarm water. And so that's what we are. Um, so if once we kind of realize that, that these people understood what lukewarm water was and how disgusting it is, it makes a lot of sense why God specifically used that term to address the Laodicean church. He says, you guys are, are lukewarm. You're disgusting. You're filthy. I'd much rather you be hot or cold. And see, at first, when I, when I was younger, and if you guys are like me, which I would not freely admit this if you were, um, but if you're like me, when I first started reading this, and when I was younger, or I'd hear somebody talk about being hot or cold, I wish you were hot or cold or lukewarm, or, uh, or if you were lukewarm, i spit you out of my mouth. I always thought, like, why in the world would God want us to be cold? I under, understood hot, like you're, you're hot, you're on fire for God. Well, as I started studying, and as, um, it just it made sense to me once you study the lady of seeing people. It wasn't that God wants you to be cold. He wants you to be a refreshing drink. He wants you to be hot. He wants you to be cold. He wants you to be refreshing. He doesn't want you to be disgusting and lukewarm. So we're going to continue on. Um, we're going to continue in verse Revelations 3, 17 through 19 here. And this is where God kind of starts to break down the latest in people. It says, you say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But do you not realize that you are uh, wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked? I counsel you to buy, buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich, and white clothes to wear so you can um, cover your shameful nakedness, and a salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. When we have this attitude of, I got this, I can handle this, I don't need um, God, and we're not seeking after God, we become lukewarm. And sometimes I definitely, I know that there's been times in my life where I slip into that lukewarm life where I'm like, man, things are going good, I've got this, I can handle this. You know, I'm not picking up my Bible. I'm not digging into the Word. I'm becoming lukewarm. I'm not refreshing to God. I'm not pursuing God. And so I'm going to, this kind of goes in with that scripture. He, he says he wants us to buy, um, buy gold refined in the fire. And if we look at Psalms 19, 7 and 10, it says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The, statu uh, the statutes, or the word of God, are trustworthy, making wise the simple. And we jump down to verse 10, it says, they are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from a honeycomb. 
if we are not buying his gold, studying his word, digging in and growing in knowledge of God and, and pursuing that relationship with him, we're going to end up being lukewarm. And he says he'll spit us out of his mouth. We are not refreshing to him when we do that. So I just encourage you, like, get in your Bible. Get in your word. Open that, that gold. Buy that gold from God. It's been refined in the fire. Open that word of God. And it continues to ask, his, to ask us to buy his white clothes. He tells this, he tells this to a people that owned and operated a massive textile industry. These people understood clothes. So he's using the points that, that, that made the society great. But it says he, to buy my pure white clothes. And if we read in Colossians 3, 12 through 14, the type of clothes that he's wanting us to put on, it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bear with each other, and forgive. And one, and one another, forgive one another, and if, and if any of you has grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. That's what God's wanting us to put on. How many of us, on a daily basis, put on that white clothes of God? And make, and make sure that we're being clothed and we have compassion and kindness and humility. How many of us do that and check ourselves and make sure that's what's, what we're putting on in the morning? But it goes hand in hand. It's hard, to put on the, it's hard to put on those clothes if we're not buying the gold. If we're not studying his word. We put on those clothes where we're refreshing drink to God. He wants us to be clothed in his righteousness. But the later the seeing people, they were okay with what they had. They were happy. They're like, we got this. We, we did this. We created this. The later the seeing people were a lot like a kid who uh, you can't get them to change their clothes. I think we've all either had one of those or know someone who's like that. My son's a little bit that way. If we didn't make him change his clothes, I'm pretty sure he'd wear the same thing every day. The thing is, they don't, even realize it's dirty so sometimes when we become lukewarm we don't realize how dirty we've gotten we need to change our clothes we need to put on God's clothes of righteousness we need to put on those pure white clothes they did not want help they had the best of everything except their water and their water was still that needle in their side they couldn't get it from anybody else, and it came in lukewarm. And if we go down the, if we go down through Revelations, that last part there of uh, verse eighteen, it says, and, a, and it says, and a salve to put on your eyes. When I read this, the first, uh, the first verse that came to my mind, I went straight to it, and it's, it's Matthew seven five. It says, "You hypocrite." First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Because we're seeing clearly, because we've taken that plank out of our eye, we understand how much of a mess we are. We understand that our clothes are dirty. We understand that we need to put on 
those clothes of righteousness, those pure white clothes. God wants us to come to him for healing. Because after we pull out that, that log in our eye, we're going to need that salve from God to help heal us. We're going to need that to put on our eye to where we can continue to heal. God wants us to come to him for healing. The Laodicean people were so um, high on their horse, they didn't think they needed anybody else. They had this massive medical facility that people came to them. They didn't go to people. People came to them. They had what other people needed. That's what God's trying to get them to understand is, I have what you need. But they didn't see that. They, they had, they, they said they got this. They understood that they knew what was going on. They understood that we can do this on our own. And that's why God was writing this to the church, like, be careful. Do not become lukewarm. Because if we're falling into that, into that category of, I got this. I got, these clothes are fine. I'm not changing the clothes. I can handle this. We're not pursuing God's word. We're not buying his gold. We're not pursuing his word. We're not pursuing that relationship with God then we're going to become lukewarm. And that is not refreshing to God. Our God is not refined by our lukewarm life, guys. He is not refreshed by that. If we go on to read um, in Revelations 3, 19 through 20, and I know the slide says 14. I just messed that up. Sorry, guys. It's 19 through 20. It says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Like I said, God is not refreshed by our lukewarm life. He wants us to come to him instead of being comfortable knowing him, but doing it on our own. I think there's a lot of us that would say, we know God, but we're still living on our own. We're not making those decisions to pursue a relationship with God. We're not diving into our word on a regular basis. That, that gold refined in the fire, that word of God sits on our shelf and gets dusty. And I know that happened. Because that's happened in my life. So I know that's happened in other people's lives as well. And that's what we've got to be careful about. Because a lukewarm life is not refreshing to God. He spits that out. He wants us to be hot or cold. He wants us to be a refreshing cold drink on a summer day or a hot drink on a cold morning, a nice cup of coffee, or whatever it may be. He doesn't want us to be lukewarm and filled with sediment and disgusting. And the thing is, yes, if you find yourself being lukewarm, you can come out of that. You can, you can be purified through God. God can redeem you from that, but it is going to take work. It's going to take heating that water to make it warm. It's going to take filtering that water to get the sediment out. 
God wants us to be a refreshing drink to him. He wants us to be hot or cold, not lukewarm. But it says in those verses there, it says, he is waiting at the door. He stands at the door and knocks. Guys, he's there. He's always been there for us. All you have to do is open that door and let him in. Because we can, but a lot of times I feel like, especially us as Christians, we, we like to just leave him on the doorstep because it's so much easier knowing he's there but not letting him all the way in because then it's easier to tread that line of being lukewarm. If we do something that we know is wrong, it's a little bit easier if God's staying on the outside instead of in your living room. And I think sometimes we fall into that. All we need to do, guys, is open that door to God. Start asking Him to come into our life, pursuing Him, buying that gold, putting on those clothes of righteousness, putting on that pure white clothes, pulling that plank out of our eye and putting the God's salve on so we can be healed through Him. That's what He wants for us. He doesn't want this, us to do this on our own. He doesn't want us to be like the Laodicean people and refuse help and say, I got this. Because I'll be honest, I guarantee at times in our life, we're destroyed like the Laodicean people were by that earthquake. We have earthquakes in our lives. And God does not want us to turn away help. He wants us to come to him and pursue him. He does not want us to become lukewarm. So all we need to do is open that door. So maybe that's you. Maybe, maybe you're that, uh, that Christian that's living that life of um, you find yourself lukewarm. You find yourself not really pursuing the word of God, not really growing in your knowledge of him, not putting on those pure white clothes that he offers us. Maybe he's just sitting at your door, waiting, knocking to be let in. So maybe that's you today. Or maybe you're the person who's never asked God to come into that door. Maybe you've never opened that door to God. Maybe that person that needs to, needs to ask God to come into your life and to confess your sins to him and ask him to be a part of your life for that first time. Maybe that's you as well. But whoever you, whichever kind of side you guys land on, whether you've never let him in or you know God, but you just kind of keep him on your back porch or your front porch until you need him, we're lukewarm in that. So I encourage you, let God in. Open that door. He's knocking. Let him in. Be that refreshing drink to God. Be a hot drink or a cold drink, but don't be lukewarm. Don't be filled with sediment and decay, and just disgusting. The later the same people, everybody knew in the area that their water was bad. Everything else was great, but their water was bad. Their water was lukewarm. It was filled with sediment. I don't know about you guys, but I do not want my life to be like that. When I think about that, I don't want um, God to look at me and be like, man, dude, Josh, you're picking up a lot of sediment here been going a long ways and you haven't come to me you're getting lukewarm 
And I know that can happen to any of us. So if that's you guys today, um, I just encourage you to, like I said, let God in. And I also told you guys, um, this, is what I, this is the word that God's given me. And that's all I can do. And I'm not um, going to add anything or take away. But we've got to be hot or cold, not lukewarm. So that's what I want to encourage you guys with today is to let God in, to buy his gold, to put on his clothes. Don't have this attitude of, I got this, I can handle this. You know, I don't, I don't need God. This isn't an earthquake in my life yet. But always pursue him. So if you guys will just uh, bow with me and pray, we're going to take a time of prayer here. I just want to encourage you, if, if you find yourself a Christian on that lukewarm life, you're kind of living that lukewarm life, you find yourself kind of dirty, some sediments built, built up, maybe it's not a lot, but maybe it's just kind of starting to see a little bit of that sediment at the bottom there. I encourage you guys to ask God, and open that door to God. Let him come back into your life to pursue that um, relationship with him, to be refreshing to God again. He's waiting. He's there. But if you're that person who's never let God into your life, I just encourage you to take some time and pray. And um, there'll be people up here if, if you want to pray with them as well. Um, but God, God's there for you too. Whether you've asked, ever asked him to come into your life, ever asked him to, op- or you've never opened that door to him, God's there for you. All you have to do is open that door, ask God for forgiveness, confess your sins to him, and start pursuing that hot or cold, refreshing life with God.